Good morning. My name is Rebecca, and welcome to River Valley. <laughs> this uh, week, you know, I talk to a lot of new people all the time at my job, and so because of that, a lot of the things that you end up talking about are the weather, right? And I was joking with somebody this week, I'm like, yeah, like everyone's just been so like pleasant and excited. And I gave the example of myself. I was like, I'm like extra like, hi, beautiful day today, right? You know, like going out of my way, <laughs> which is awesome because then, you know, those moments of the Holy Spirit kind of pointing things out to you. <laughs> And basically talking about, like, isn't that interesting how easily I am affected by external factors, right? Like, my joyfulness, my excitedness is just dependent upon the weather. And I was like, oh, go, yes, Lord. And <laughs> which, right, totally makes me think about when you're a kid, you know, and you're thinking of the, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, how easily am I swayed? Um, and so uh, Matthew, I'm going to read out of Matthew 5, verse 16. And it says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know, it's making me think about like how different it should look for me, right? It should be on these days that I have such a smile on my face, knowing the hope, right? The living hope, right, that we have. And, right, how cool is that, right? It, it should be, there should be such a difference that people take note of that, right? We've got the spirit of the living God living in us, right? Come on, right? So it should be one of those things where the love and joy of the Lord is so evident, right? It just can't help but affect, right? Affect those around us. And so church, stand with me. We're going to pray. We're going to worship our Lord, right? Because he has given us the ability to choose, right? To choose joy. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this day, Father, that I thank you that no matter what the weather is like, no matter what is going on outside, Father, I thank you, Father, that you're the reason, you're the reason that there is joy in our heart. You're the reason, Father, that we are looking ahead, that we know that we there is a hope, Father. And I thank you, Jesus, that we get to glorify your name. And those, those, Father, those people around us get to glorify you because they're like, there is something, there is something. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Revelation chapter 5, beginning with verse 7, says, And when he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. 
from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have been made them, or you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. As we sing that, we're fulfilling scripture. As we sing those words, and we talk about as incense rising. What's incense? It's praise, it's worship, it's prayer unto God. And may that happen day and night, night and day. Let incense rise. Amen? Amen. Well, why don't you greet one another? So glad to see everybody this morning. I was going to complain about the weather until Becca opened the service, and I thought I better not now. On my drive-in, I was wondering who was responsible for prayer about the weather today. I took care of, I took care of Tuesday. That was 80. I know a couple of other you would take, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, but who's in charge of today? That's my question. So, you know, God, oh, you're blaming him. Okay, good, good. Amen. Turn with me to Romans. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, begin with verse 16. We've been here before the last few weeks, and we're going to continue to move forward. We're doing a, I'm doing a series on faith, and uh, had realized that I had not spoke on faith for quite some time, and had not taken a, definitely hadn't taken a deep dive into the topic of faith, and uh, you know, by golly, we're in church, so we should talk about faith. Should be a, a major subject we we talk about and, and study. And but you know, we, we we many times think faith, and I've said this the last couple of weeks. It's just you know, it's like faith. Ooh, faith. Where, where's where's Andrew? Ooh, faith. <laughs> Well, we, we hear this word and we go, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's this unattainable thing or it's this amazing, great, wonderful, powerful thing or it's, it's this thing I, amen, it's this thing I don't know anything about or it's, you know, or I'm afraid of it. What if I don't have enough faith? And what if I, you know, we have all these, we can get ourselves worked up. When the reality is, is that faith is something that God gives you. The Bible says that every person is given a measure of faith. God gives you a measure of faith. And to think that you don't have enough faith. Did I catch everybody? Did I get everybody? For you to think that you don't have enough faith is basically telling God, you didn't give me enough. Because your faith doesn't come from you. Your faith isn't something you work up. There's not, faith is not something where you get up every morning and go, more faith, more faith, more faith. More faith, more faith, more faith. Faith is something that God gives you. Now you can increase faith, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. We can increase faith, but it's not by more faith, more faith, more faith. There's only one way to increase your faith, and it's by, well, I'll hold that to the end. Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 16, says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. This this is, you know, as I've been studying the last few weeks, this is the verse that I'm getting the most blessed out. And I don't know why. I I just know that every time I read it, I just start to smile. Because it says, it says, for in it is the righteous, or in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. That is an interesting phraseology. That it has been, it's being revealed to us, this, what this, this mystery of God. And every day you wake up, you have another opportunity to know God better. And how do you know Him better? It is revealed to you from faith for faith. We, we, we build, our, the, the faith gets built up, and this is not the scripture I was talking about, I'll get there in a little bit, but the scripture is built up daily, or I'm sorry, the faith is built up daily through scripture. It's getting to know him, the more you know him, the more faith you'll have. When I first met my wife, I thought she was good looking, but that was my first thought. My first thought wasn't, man, I trust her. Man, I have faith in her. But as I got to know her, I began to trust her, because we said early on, we said in the first couple of weeks, that faith, you know, a real easy way to describe faith is trust. You have faith in God. Well, I trust God. And I, there's all kinds of scriptures that I've used already. We'll, we'll see many more where that just gets really gets clarified that faith, all faith is, is trust in God. Yes. When I first met my wife, I didn't have trust in her. I didn't had no reason to have trust in her. But after we started to get to know each other, and we became more, uh, don't, don't get weird with the word, but intimate. The more we, we, got to, we got to talk and the more we got to spend time together, the more time we were, uh, we were together, the more I got to know her, the more I got to trust her. And I would tell her more and more. And if you know anything about my past, there was a lot of things I didn't trust a lot of people with. I wouldn't tell people about my life. I, wouldn't, I didn't trust people. All the people I knew before Christ, I mean, not all, but most of the people, all my friends anyway, were liars, cheats, and thieves. Literally. Knocked on a guy's door one day, opened up. He goes, are you alone? I was like, that's a crazy question. (laughs) Sure, I'm alone. I walk in. There's car stereos everywhere in 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 his room. And he's filing off serial numbers. That's the kind of guys I hung out with. Have a nice day. Wonderful. Good. Great. Don't do that. Yeah. 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 If we need a clarification, don't do that. That's bad. Leave the serial number. No, don't. I, 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 I didn't trust people. I realized that some of my best friends, best friends, stole from me. I came out and my car was broken into one day. I'm thinking, what in the world? I found out it was one of my friends. 
who broke in and stole some stuff out of my car. I had, a, I had another car. I had a 19, oh, can't remember what year. And I don't want to, and there's car guys in here. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to screw up here. I think it was a 1970 or 1972 GTO in my garage. It was a goat. They were awesome. And one day I went out to the garage and there's no tires on my car. Friends. I found out it was my friends. <laughs> those are not friends. I didn't trust people. If those are your friends, you don't trust people. So then I come to the Lord. I still don't trust people. People are people. <laughs> I can't. I just the thought came to my head. Uh, okay, let me say it this way. I one time met... When I was in the world, I, I one time, I was at a bar, a certain kind of bar, that's all I'm going to say. I was at a bar, and who walked in? He was, it was the superintendent of the children's ministry from the church I used to go to. <laughs> now, I don't care about the bar. I don't care that it was a bar. It was that kind of bar. Let's just say it that way. And the superintendent of the... I didn't trust Christians. He wasn't there to witness, just so you know. He wasn't there to be a witness. No, he was witnessing something. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I'm going on this one. But I didn't trust people. So I come, I come into, the, into the things of God, and for a long time, I didn't tell people who I was. I didn't tell people what I did. I didn't, people say, oh, what's your testimony? Uh, God forgave me of my sins. <laughs> That's my testimony. Well, what kind of sin? I'm not talking about it. The statute of limitations aren't up yet. Well, they are now. They are now, but they weren't back then. But it was like, I didn't trust anybody. And then to get into a relationship with a woman was really scary for me. Because she was, a, she was, she was perfect in every way. She was nice. She was sweet. She had been a Christian her whole life. She had never walked away from the Lord. She had, she had just all these things that I didn't want to screw it up. And I did not trust anyone enough to share with them who I was. But the longer we spent together, the more I began to put my faith in her. That no matter what I said, she would still love me. And that took... I'm gonna, I hate to say this, because if you know our story, we, got, we met on June 3rd, we were engaged July 3rd, and we were married October 19th. Yeah, whirlwind, whirlwind. Barely knew each other when we got married. It took years for me to fully trust her. Because a lot of my friends, their, their wives had cheated on them, girlfriends had cheated on you know, them, it, it was the way they lived. I didn't know any different. I, I didn't, you know, I actually kind of, I dreaded it. It took me years to where I put my, where I could actually trust her, where she knows everything about me. She knows everything about me, everything. Even stuff I wouldn't tell anybody else. It took time and intimacy, getting time, spending time. That's the same thing with God. You're, you, you, you get to know him better by coming here on a Sunday morning, but it's, I got you for 45, I got you for an hour and a half. It's going to be, it's going to take a lot more than that. There's only so much that, that we can do here in an hour and a half, one day a week. 
It takes time. When you, when you get up in the morning, take some time. Now, what does that mean? I don't know, because I don't want to put, a, I don't put a, uh, an expectation because some people are not morning people. And, and to tell them, you have to seek God early in the morning. It says it in the Bible. It says, seek thee every morning I seek thee. Early, Jamie, early. Not... Early shall I seek thee. And you've got to spend at least an hour. Could you not tarry with me an hour, the Bible says. No, 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 no. See, that, that screwed me up. Because when I came back to the Lord, nobody had told me how to seek God. I just started seeking Him. I just started spending time with Him. I spent time in the morning. Sometimes I spent time in the morning. Sometimes I spent time. I mean, I started work at 6 in the morning, so you don't really get to spend quality, you know, a lot of time. I just... but. I, every afternoon, I would sit and read the Word, read the Word. I'd have supper, and then I would sit down and read the Word. And I'd spend time in worship. I'd go to Bible studies. I'd spend time with people. We would, I mean, I would just spend time, spend time. And then I started hearing from people, oh, you've got to do it in the morning. You have to do it in the morning. Early in the morning will I rise up and seek thee. And Jesus said, unless you tarry an hour... Or why, you know, why could you not tarry an hour? There was a whole teaching in the body of Christ that says that you had to spend an hour every day in prayer, first thing in the morning, or you weren't really living it for Jesus. It killed me. It killed my prayer life. It killed my study time. Because I couldn't do it that way. It isn't about when and how. It's about that you do it. It's about, that t- it's about, how, it's about seeking Him. You know when I seek God the best now? driving down the road you know you can't use your phone driving down the road that's what they tell me you shouldn't you shouldn't wisconsin you shouldn't minnesota you can't (laughs) praise god for wisconsin but you know what you can get in touch with the king of kings and the lord of lords driving down the road and i'm driving and i'm not saying you have to just try it sometime it's awesome Nobody in the car, crank the music up, crank up the, the, the Bible reading for the day, whatever, it just, but just spend time with him. The other day, I, I wasn't even planning on spending time with him, and all of a sudden something came up, and I just started thanking God for how much he blesses me. And I just kind of got caught up in it, and it, it took a while. I was like, God, you're so good to me. You're good, so good to us as a family. You're so good to us as a church. Thank you, Father, for all you're doing for us. Thank you, Father. And it just kind of kept building. And I, all of a sudden, it wasn't a planned, scheduled, you know, and, and timed event. I don't know how long it was, but it was just, it just happened. That's relationship. That's a relationship with God. That has nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. Well, I guess it has everything to do with what I'm talking about. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from, from faith for faith, as it is rich, written, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous ones, those who are righteous, will live by faith. What does that mean? That means like, oh no, am, am I living? Jim, are you living by faith? Or are you? you yes, good answer, good answer. On a scale of 1 to 100, how are you doing on walking or, or living by faith? 
See, that's where we start to get nervous. Somehow it's a, it's a, it's a competition or it's a, it's a, it's a requirement. Now I have, to, I have to be able to do X, Y, Z, and then I'll know I'm living. But No. Remember that faith is trust. The righteous will just trust God and live their lives. Now we can grow in trust by spending time. And there's some things we can do, and we'll get to that. But it is for faith. We talked about, I'm going to give you the definition of faith real quick. It might still be on the slide, I don't know. The first, the actual definition out of the dictionary says, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And we know that someone or something is Jesus or God. Complete trust, complete trust. We're going to talk a lot today about complete trust. Storing, or I'm sorry, storing glasses. Strong. Number two, strong belief in God or in the doctrines of religion based on spiritual understanding. So basically we're just saying it's based on the, the kingdom of God and the word of God. So the Bible has this definition, and uh, I, I warned the, uh, the power or the, uh, the uh, pro presenter folks that are up on the screen here, I warned them I'm going to go through three verses from three different uh, uh, versions of the Bible, translations of the Bible, uh, real fast, because it, it's good to see this, how, how different people describe it. Um, first in the King Jameseth, <laughs> Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance, substance, something you can touch, something you can feel. Faith is the, the something you can feel, substance of things hoped for. Now, how many of you have ever seen heaven? Anybody ever seen heaven? If you have, wow. Nobody here? Okay, good. Don't have to deal with that. You've never seen heaven. How many of you believe there is a heaven? Why? Because you're hoping there's a heaven. You know, I hope, and and hope is based on something. The substance of of the relationship with God, and his word says there is a place called heaven or eternity with him. So it is the substance. Faith is I am positive that there's a heaven. Even though I've never seen it, never been there. I am positive. It is the substance of something I'm hoping for. I'm not just hoping in something that doesn't exist or that may exist, but I don't. I'm hoping in something that I, there's a substance here. There's something real, tangible to hold on to. And that is that God has said, he's going, Jesus said, I'm, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And I trust him. I trust him that that's the case. That's, so that's the King's ja- King Jameseth, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1, 1, out of the New Living Translation, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith, you are so trusting God that his word is true and that his what he has said to you is true that it is it is not only just hope or just a desire it is truth it is the reality that God has promised us you have to there there is a point where you come to the decision this is true I'm going to believe it even though I've never seen it or I've never felt it I've never heard it with my audible ears I am just going to believe I believe so strongly that everything everything that I am I'm going to put my trust in that 
That is faith. And then the last version is going to come from the Amplified. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is... It never gets old. I love that joke. I knew I was going to read out of the Amplified. I was like, I'm going to do it again today. I love that one. It's Amplified, in just case you're wondering. I'm sorry. It's one of the, one of the pastor geek things you know, that they do. Yeah, yeah, I could have. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed, confirmation. Peter and Kayla just bought a house, and they showed them the title deed. Then they handed it to the bank. <laughs> but you saw, there is a title deed. You own this now. Faith, faith is that kind of assurance. This is the title deed, and I'm giving it to you. This is yours now. That's what Jesus did for us. He gave us the title deed to eternity with God. And all the promises. All the promises. Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for. Divinely guaranteed. He guarantees it. And we put our trust in Him. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Here's why people who, are, who do not walk by faith have trouble with it. If I can't see it, hear it, smell it, touch it, whatever it is, it can't be real. Show me that it's real. We talked about that last week, didn't we, at Easter? How Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it till I touch the holes in his body. And then Jesus showed up and said, touch the holes. Doesn't say that Thomas did. He just says, you are my God and you are my Lord. My God, my Lord. It's, and, and then Jesus said, you believe because you saw but he says, blessed are those who believe and don't see. That's faith. I, you know, I, I have met people. I've met people who have seen Jesus. They've actually seen him in a, in a vision or whatever it is. I never have. And I have for many, many years said, I hope I don't. I actually don't want to see a physical manifestation of Jesus. I just don't. Why? Because it's better to believe and not see I don't need to see him. I know he exists. How do I know he exists? Well, here's the cool part. The Bible says he puts his spirit in us. And I know that. I know his spirit. And the spirit is the son, and the son is the father, and the father is the spirit. and the, They are one. He exists. I know he exists because the deposit has been placed inside of me. The deposit of eternity, the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And that, that Holy Spirit works with me. He's my helper daily. This morning, somebody came up and says, when you're talking about faith, are you going to talk about this part of it? And I said, I don't know. Because 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about when I get up here. I have notes. I worked at it this week. But I'm already so far off my notes. <laughs> Because I'm listening to the Holy Spirit constantly, and the Holy Spirit is saying, now say this, now say this, 
Now do this. That I know is real. How do I know it's real? Because I've heard that voice from from the moment I stepped over, from the moment I stepped over from my old life to to living for Jesus. I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm in, and I'm never going back. From that moment, I had to walk by faith, and he gave me a little bit at a time. He showed me something. He led me in a certain direction. And I decided, okay, I'm going to believe that and take a step forward. And then he would say, turn right and do this. All right, I'm going to believe that voice. I'm going to believe what, what, I'm, what I believe I'm hearing from the Scripture and from the Spirit, and I'm going to follow him as he leads me through life. One of, the great, one of the coolest examples is just this. I was driving home from work one night. This is when I worked in the hot dog factory, the glorious and wonderful hot dog factory. <laughs> driving home, it was about 10 o'clock at night, maybe 10.30. I've told the story before, but there's new people. They can, if, you've never, if you've heard it before, just nod and smile. I'm driving home about 10, 10.30 at night, and I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, in, in my spirit, I hear the Holy Spirit say, go to Perkins... So-and-so is going to be there. I want you to tell them this. I want you to give them this word. Now, I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't hear, you know, I didn't hear a... Thus say it to the Lord. Go forth. I didn't see an angel appear on my dashboard. Or, you know, I don't, all I just, inside is just, all of a sudden I just had this... I want to say thought, but it wasn't my thought. I wouldn't think this. Go to Perkins. So-and-so is going to be there. This is 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night after my shift. Go to Perkins. Go, go to the, go, to, go back. So-and-so is going to be there. I want you to tell them this. And I'm driving along. I'm heading in the opposite direction. I'm heading the opposite direction 20 miles. And I'm, I'm started on, I'm not 20 miles away. I'm only about five miles out of town. But Perkins is in the other direction, on the other side of town. So I'm driving along. I'm like, oh, come on. It's 10.30 at night. Super spiritual. It's like, come on, it's 10.30 at night. And I just keep driving. And all of a sudden, here it is again. Go to Perkins. So-and-so is going to be there. Tell them this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, this is if I do this now, that means I'm going to drive all the way back. And if they're not there, then I'm going to have to drive that whole distance. I'm already tired. I want to go home. I want to go to bed. Go back to Perkins. So-and-so, or go to Perkins, so-and-so's there, tell them this. Fine! Sometimes I just do it because I'm, I know it's, it, it's, you know, not because I'm a faith man, I'm just, you know, loving, you know, doing everything perfectly. I was like, fine! Turn the car around, drive back, I go to Perkins, and as I'm driving into Perkins, I'm looking for their car. Anybody who really knows me, who's known me for 30 years or so, if I can't think of somebody's name, they go, what car do they drive? Because I can tell you what I can tell you what car people drive. If I if I know you for a while, I go, oh, they drive a they drive a, a black uh, Jeep, you know, or whatever. I just know that's what. And I'm looking as I'm driving in the in the parking lot, and the car is not in the parking lot. And I'm like, dang it! I just drove all the way across town. You know, I, I could been now I could have been home by this point. I could have been home, and I'm just like, no, this is dumb. Dang it! And I'm going to drive out of the parking lot. And the Holy Spirit says, park your car. I was like, oh, jeez. Go inside. I was like, okay, now I'm going to really feel dumb. 
I don't like walking into a restaurant, looking around, and then leaving. You know, there's, there's all kinds of weird stuff that can happen. You know, I mean, you just, you just feel weird. So I was like, oh, fine, I'm here. I park the car. I go in. I walk into Perkins. If you've been to Perkins, this is a commercial for Perkins. Anybody? I, after, after service, where should we go to lunch today? How about we go to Perkins? I get, I get, I get royalties. Uh, so I walk in, if, you go, if you've ever been to Perkins, usually you walk in and there's two sections, isn't it? You know, it used to be the, the non-smoking section and the smoking section. Yeah, that's the way it used to be, back in the good old days. <laughs> so I walk into the first area, and I'm looking around, and there are people there. 10, 10.30, this is now 10.30, getting closer to 11. I look around, and there's people in there, and I'm looking, and the person's not there. They're not there. And I went, oh, dang it. Because, here's the deal, I knew them. They, were, they, they didn't smoke. So I just looked in the first section. They're not there. I was like, see, this was a waste of, God, dang it. Just wasted my time. And the Holy Spirit said, keep walking. I was like, what do you mean, the smoking section? Fine, I'll go. As long as I'm here, I'm going to go check out the smoking. And I walk by, I walk back into the smoke, I look back, and there they sit, right there. And I quickly repented, walked over, sat down, said, hey, I was driving home, the Holy Spirit told me to come back here. You need to hear this. And I said what the Holy Spirit said. They started crying, praising God. Thank you, thank you. And I got to go home and go to bed. I didn't eat anything. I just went home. I wasn't hungry. I went home and went to bed. I know that was the voice of God. Because they needed to hear that. That, that answered what they were struggling with. That answered what they were dealing with. That, that, and I, and it, I followed that leading even though everything said it wasn't real. But I said, okay, I'm just going to do this. That's what I started to do. And the more you do that, the more you'll, you'll, you'll start to hear clearer and clearer. Now I can be doing something and the Holy Spirit says, here's what somebody's dealing with. I was up here preaching probably, this is so long ago, you wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even know this person. But a long, long time ago, I was up here and I was preaching and in the middle of my sermon, in the middle of my sermon, the Holy Spirit said, and I, I have to be careful where I, where I point, Say I'm looking at the congregation. That person right there is having an affair. And it shocked me. I just went, <gasps> I mean, I almost lost my breath. And I just, I, but I was like, why would I think that? Why would I think that that person's having an affair? Why? They're happily married. Everything, by every standard, they're happily married. Why in the world would I even think that? Just, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Except it was the Holy Spirit. Because I couldn't get it out of my heart. I couldn't get it out of my heart. And, and after the service, I'm praying. I'm going, God, I'm, what do I do with this? What do I do with this knowledge? And the Holy Spirit said, pray. Pray for them. Pray for their marriage. Pray for that couple. Pray for them. They're now divorced. For two months, I kept hearing, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Seemed, there was nothing seemingly going on. And one day, I get a phone call. You don't know me, but my name is such and such. And one of the people in your church is having an affair with my husband. What are you going to do about it? And I said, absolutely nothing. It's not my job to police the people. Especially coming from a, a I don't even know this person on the phone. But that's how I found, that's how I knew it was real. Was somebody called me and said, my husband is having an affair with a woman in your church. Exactly what God told me. 
How do you know? How does that happen? That's, that's, that's understanding and knowing the voice of God, but then living by faith and acting upon it. If you don't act upon it, it's not faith. I had to trust God that what I was hearing in the Spirit was real. Trust Him. But it didn't start with that. It started with little things and grew. So, faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. God wants you to live by faith. He wants you to live by faith in every area of your life. He wants you to wake up by faith. He wants you to walk forward by faith. He wants you to live by faith. He wants you to eat by faith. He wants you to work by faith. You you live this life. I think I shared this verse last week. The life I live, I no longer live, but it is the Son of God. It is the Son of God now who now lives through me, in me and through me. He wants to live through you, and he does, you do that by faith. The Holy Spirit says, do this. And you go, wow, that's crazy. But he says, do it, and you'll be blessed. And you do it, and you're blessed. Amazing. But we need to live by faith. I found this years ago, and I just I really, really like it. And it's actually, if you, if, you're on, if you know, if I'm a, if we're friends on Facebook, it's my cover picture. Faith is not believing that God can. Faith is not believing that God can. Faith is believing that God has and he will. Faith is not believing that God can heal you. Faith is believing that he has healed you. And that he will heal you. Now, this isn't a scripture verse. This is just something I found somebody said, and I just, but I just took it. That's, that's powerful. Because that's exactly how it works. God can do anything. He's God. God's amazing. God's powerful. God is infinite. God is all-powerful. God, can sp- God did speak, and everything happens. Now he's resting because he's done everything he's going to do. Now he needs you and I to live this out. Because that's the way it was supposed to have been done in the garden. God can do anything. Now, okay, don't get philosophical on me. He can't lie. He can't blah, blah. Yes, I get that. But he can, he can, he, he, he's more than powerful to do everything that his word says he can do. The thing is, do you believe that he will? That's, the, that's faith. See, that's what you need to grow in is that every day you believe a little bit more, he has done this for me. He will do it for me. If I need it in a moment, he will. I don't have to worry about it. I don't, I don't, I don't ever anymore, I don't ever find myself in a situation where I'm, I'm, I'm facing a problem and going, I don't know if God can get me out of this. <laughs> that to me is laughable now. He is more than able I don't ever ask anymore if he will. I just assume he will. Okay, God, I got another situation coming up here. I got another opportunity. I, I don't ever think, I wonder if God will do this for me. I haven't said, why won't God do this for me? 
in years. Really, that's just my own personal walk. Why? Because I know he will. If his word says he will, he will. Well, how come? what if it takes time? That's a different story. And that, I'm still walking that out. Why does it take, you know, why does it take two weeks to experience a healing that I know he's already paid for, given to me, promised to me? Why does it take time? That's the part we need to walk through, and that's where faith, it's a battle. It's a good fight of faith, Paul wrote. It's the good fight of faith, and the fight happens right here. Because the devil's going, he ain't going to do it, he ain't going to do it, he ain't going to do it. And then the, the Holy Spirit or the Word of God is saying, already did it. Trust me. I trust you. I just, that's my default anymore. I trust you, God. I trust you. I trust you that you're going to do it. I trust you that you, you already did it. Then you walk the fight of faith. This morning, I had to add this in this morning. Uh, so we do a uh, uh, read through the Bible in one year. Uh, you know, the, the church does it. We we put it out every year. It's in U uh, version of the Bible. You can talk. You can call the office. You can find out what what where to pick that up. It's just it's an app on your phone. It's awesome. But uh, different people do it different ways. Some people read through the Bible in two years. Some people read through the Bible in ninety days. What, whatever. It doesn't matter how you do it. But but it's good to be in the Word all the time. Encur- I encourage you to read your Bible daily, all the time. But today, so I'm following along, I'm doing the, the daily reading, and this verse, these verses came up, and I was like, wow, that just, that's exactly what we're talking about today. It's in Psalm chapter 106. Psalm chapter 106. This is talking about the children of Israel. This is talking about them in retrospect. This is David, or one of the, one of the people who wrote Psalms. He's writing in retrospect about the, the Israelites. He said in verse or chapter 106, Psalms 106, verse 6, he says, But both we and our fathers have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedness. Verse 7, Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea, at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. Verse 9, he rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry, and he led them through the deep as though as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and redeemed them from the power of the enemy. And the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words and they sang his praise. What the the writer is saying is, those Israelites saw every one of the the miracles, every one of the plagues that happened in in Egypt. They watched powerful manifestations of God over and over and over. They were slaves. They were slaves. They were told they could not leave. Some of them didn't want to leave. But when they started seeing the hand of God and that God was bringing a deliverer to get them out of slavery and take them back into the promised land that was promised to Abraham, 
They start to believe this stuff now, and they see it, and they see it, and they see it to the point where they're like, man, this is, this is you, can't, you can't deny this anymore. This is so real. Look what he's doing to the Egyptians, all for us, and whoa, look who we are. And then they all left, they all left Egypt together with all their stuff and all the riches of Egypt. I mean, you can't walk out of there not going, man, look what God has done. Because I couldn't have done this. None of us could have done this. Whoa, look what God has done. He's so amazing. He's so wonderful. They walk for a couple of days or whatever, a day and a half or a couple of days, and they come to a big ocean or big sea, the, the Red Sea. And they're going, huh, we're supposed to be on the other side. God wants us to go to the other side. And all of a sudden they hear chariots behind them. And the Egyptians are coming down after them. And they, what do they say? It says, we forgot they forgot what God had done for them in Egypt, which means they didn't actually have faith. They didn't trust him. I mean, they just watched a miraculous deliverance. Why wouldn't God do that? If God did that, why wouldn't he do that? And it says they sinned. They sinned because they didn't consider what he had done. They didn't trust him. And so they start complaining. Why did you bring us out here to die next to this? We could have died in Egypt. It would have been easier. I wouldn't have had to walk for a day and a half. Why, God? Oh, why? And God just says, stop it. And the waters parted and they walked across on dry land. And it says they got to the other side and they went, oh yeah, that's right. God saved us out of Egypt. Now this is, I mean, okay, who can sit here and disagree that any of this, any of this is not real? Look what God has done. God, and it says right here, they sang his praise. Verse 12, they sang his praise. Then for you, for those of you who have your Bible open and soon to see it on the screen, verse 13, but they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. That was the pattern over and over and over and over in that story about the Israelites is God would do this miraculous thing. And the next time they came to a problem, they're like, now what is he going to do? Oh my gosh, now we're, into, now we're in real trouble. Oh my gosh, we can't do this. Oh, my, oh we can't make this. Oh, this isn't going to work. Oh, I miss onions. It's in the Bible, guys. There was the part where they said, oh, they have leeks. And they have leeks. And onions. Oh, gosh, I wish we could go back to slavery so we could have onions. But God has done stuff for each one of us. He's already showed himself powerful. He's already done stuff. Man, I could tell you story after story after story. You could tell me story after story after story. Some of you old folks could tell story after story after. But God's just done so much for us. Why do we get to the next situation and panic? Because we're human. It's the human condition. But, remember, the Bible says, that when we are in Christ, we are a new creature, a new creation. We don't, we don't have to live that old way anymore. We can literally get to the point where, no, I mean, trouble's going to come. We live in a world where trouble is going to come. 
And when that trouble comes, we don't have to panic, we don't have to freak, we don't have to throw up our hands and go, oh, what are we going to do now? We can literally say, God has delivered me from the lion and the bear. He will deliver me from this giant. That's what David said. What did he do when he had to have faith to go watch God perform another miracle? He remembered what God had done before. He did exactly opposite of what the children of Israel did. He didn't forget what God had done before. He rehearsed what God had done before. God has saved me. God has provided for me. There was a this time and this time and this time and this time and this time where there was no hope. There was no way I could pay that bill. There was no way I was going to have enough food. There was no way I was going to do this. I was just reminded of this the other day. I was, so, I was just so blessed. And, I, and, and I'm just so blessed. I'm going to tell you the story. Way back when, way back, 1991. I know it was 1991 because I watched the, the, uh, the beginning of Gulf War I the night before we went on a mission trip. We went on this mission trip. We were asked to go on the mission trip. Somebody paid for our mission trip. We didn't have any money. We were both in college. We had no money. Actually, I was in college. She was working a job that didn't get paid much. We didn't have any money, none, 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 to go on a mission trip. Somebody miraculously paid for our mission trip. And we said, that's fine, but we still don't have any money. <laughs> and when we came home that night, we were watching Gulf War I begin, watching it on, live on CNN. Why, crazy. It's just one of those memories. Still there. We literally ate hot dogs with no buns and cr saltine crackers. That was the meal we ate that night before we left the next morning on the mission trip. We ate the last hot dogs out of the fridge and the last saltine crackers out of our, you know, we were, I was a college student. It's not like today where you guys just get lavished upon and, you know, there's more than enough everything. We just, I mean, we had no money, none. We went on the mission trip, powerful, wonderful. It was an amazing trip. We came back. We still had no money. And because I hadn't worked for two weeks, I wasn't going to get paid for a week, you know, a week or two beyond that. I mean, I was going to work a week, but I wasn't going to get paid that Friday. It was going to be the next week before I'd even think about getting a check. And we had no money. There was no food in the house, right? No food in the house, no money. What do you do? You just, you just got to believe, you know? Now, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. This was a number of years ago. I wasn't to where I am now. But I can tell you about this story, and I can tell you God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I, it's not only a Bible verse for me, it is, it is reality. I have faith in him because of this, because it's real. We go to church that we got home on a Saturday, we go to church the next day. We went to church without eating breakfast, so we decided to fast. <laughs> So we're at church, church starts, blah, 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 you know, so on. We, church gets done. Now we're going to go home, and there's no food, and there's no money to buy food. <sighs> what do we do? All of a sudden, somebody comes up and goes, oh, you're on the mission trip. How was it? I said, it was awesome, man. We had, saw God do this, God did this, God did this. Great, can we take you out for lunch? And I said, yeah, yes, that's a great idea. Take us out for lunch, wonderful. We want to hear about your trip. We went, we went at lunch. Praise the Lord. Got home that night. No food in the house. But we had, God, look at what God has done. I mean, you literally can fast for a number of days. You could make it even maybe a week and a half. You could. I couldn't. But you could make, probably make it a week and a half. I'm thinking, okay, 
Well, we still don't have any food. We're sitting there that afternoon thinking, you know, going on with her life. I have to go back to school the next day. She has to blah, blah, blah. And she has to go back to work. And, and all of a sudden the phone rings. Hey, we'd love to hear about your mission trip. Can we take you out for supper? That happened every lunch and every supper for the next week. Every lunch and every supper, somebody called and said, can you do this? We got to the next weekend. We went to church. We still have another week before we have any money. Any money. We have, and I'm thinking, okay, God, you're so good. Look what you've done. Look what you've done for us. You're so awesome. We went to church that day. We got out of church. We walked out to our car. I had made the mistake of leaving my car unlocked because it was safe area, you know. And there was a whole back seat full of groceries that somebody had stuck in our car that got us through the next week. This isn't, this isn't something that I'm making up. This is stuff that happened. And even just me telling you that story is building faith. Because the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What I'm sharing with you is a testimony of what God really did in our lives. And when I do that, I'm telling you, he's no respecter of person if he did it for me. Trust me, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. But we have to trust him. We have to believe him. That's just one of, I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds. I mean, I, God has done so much for us. He's so, well, you're a pastor, of course. No, this was before I was a pastor. In some ways, God has done more before I was a pastor than now. He expects me to have even, you know, step out even more. But I mean, I, I'm joking because even now, everything we have is because of him. Everything we are is because of him. But we have to trust him. Good morning, everyone. Praise God. It's good to see visitors today. I've already met some of them. And it's offering time. So if you are visiting with us today, thank you for coming. And uh, please know, you know, that during offering time, there is no obligation to give. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And, you know, if you're still checking us out, you maybe don't know us well enough to, to enter in that way, and that's fine. But um, we... Um, we're so blessed. Um, I only have a few minutes, so my scripture is in Malachi chapter 3, and I'll start reading in verse 10. It says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So, when we put God first in our heart and our finances through presenting to Him the first and the best of, of our labors, through the tithe, He promises an open heaven above us, a poured out blessing over us, not enough room to receive it. Verse 11. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. The fruit of our ground, that's our, that's our labor, that's where we work, that's where God brings increase to us through, through our work. He ordained work to, to be that way for us. And... And here, God promises that 
he's going to rebuke the devourer. Okay? In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, Jesus said that the thief or the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the devil does. God is good. And when we, when we put him first, any area in our life that we, where we put God first, God's blessing comes on that area. And so when we tithe, it's so, it's so supernatural. It protects our heart from covetousness. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So uh, back to the notes. <laughs> um, he, um, he said he will personally rebuke the, the devourer in... Um, There's, there's many, anything that comes to, to steal from us, you know? It would be like, um, you know, unplanned expenses, unnecessary expenses, medical bills, things breaking down. This is where I have faith that when I tithe, that God prevents these, these kind of things from happening in, in my life. And what if I do get through a whole year and it didn't seem like anything really outstanding happened? Well, I'm not only thankful for what God has done. Hey, he kept us, he helped us. But I can be thankful for the things that did not happen. Yes. Amen. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter five. I was going to look at a verse there as well. It says, Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth and has given him power to eat thereof and take his portion and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. These are things that God has, has given us. And when... And uh, he says in this verse that when we put him first through our tithe that he will personally rebuke the devourer. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, we can rebuke the devil and we can bind the devil, but when it comes to touching our stuff, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a tither, God says, don't worry about it. I'll rebuke him. I'll handle this for you. Okay. Verse 12, and all nations shall call you blessed. You'll be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. So that's about the time we have for that. We have four ways to give around here. Um, we have a mailing address. We have a website. We have friendly people at, at the church that would receive it during the week. And we also have a box in the back. So right back there is where you can find an offering envelope and, and drop your gift in the box if you're, if you're giving in person today. So let's pray over the offering. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We present our tithes and our offerings to you this morning. And we thank you for keeping us and for helping us. We thank you that you will rebuke the devourer on our behalf and, and um, bless us 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, we thank you so much for this week. Thank you for all that's going on, Lord. We thank you for safety as everybody drives home. Pray that you will watch over us, keep us safe, and lead us into all the truth and all the things you need us to do this week. Give us the ability to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.